I'll be the first to tell you, if we aren't winning a Super Bowl, you, you should hold me accountable. You should jump down my throat. I welcome that, and, and I'm, I'm ready for the challenge. It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. Thanks for joining us once again. Gold Faithful 49ers radio show brought to you by DynastySportsEmpire.com. Whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, Dynasty Sports Empire has you covered. Fantasy League's content, rankings, projections, and more. College Basketball League starting up now. Visit them online at DynastySportsEmpire.com. I am Brian Peacock. Right next to me is Nick Winkler. You can follow him at Bay Area Wink on Twitter. You can find me at BD Peacock. Nick? <laughs> how much do you think he's regretting saying that? How do we hold him accountable? Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he said it because what are we going to do? Can you imagine looking at your Twitter timeline if you were Jed York right now? Or, oh, you, no. or just over the last week? I can't imagine how hard it is for his intern to look oh. at that timeline. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> just tell me the good stuff, hey buddy. Just tell me the good stuff. I'm sure there's still people out there that like me, right? Um, sir, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, that's that's got to be brutal. I mean, you, you you go in there, you fire the head coach. You know, you basically lose your entire coaching staff. You lose how many starters on offense and defense, and you want to win with class, and you bring in these unclassy guys and. Oh, it's just it's not working out. And you say something like that, hold me accountable, jump down my throat. Okay, we are. You know, I I know I've been. I, I've definitely oh, yeah. tweeted some nasty stuff at Judd York. I know that a lot of our listeners have as well. Keep it up. He said to keep to hold them accountable. So right? do it. He did. He deserves every bit of that. Yeah. And look, I was listening to that press conference, and it's weird to go back a year later, but I listened to the whole thing this past week because that you know the Jed stuff's really starting to stick out. Obviously, I mean we can we don't really need to go over the right. Seahawks loss. I mean there's a lot of stats and a lot of bad football. Yeah, that we can a few talk things about we there. can mention, but yeah, right. let, let's not just beat that. With with, with Jed, it's um, I also listened to an interview that he he came on with Murph and Mac on KMBR, the 49ers flagship station, and um, and Murph kind of you know got after him a little bit. You, good. They, they have to be nice because there's they're kind of in cahoots over there. But yeah, he did a pretty good job at coming at him with some hard questions and. And here's and he asked him that question about how do we hold you accountable? Mm-hmm. How do fans hold you accountable? And this is what Jed had to say. I mean, I'd love to hear from fans. I, I'd love to hear from them. If you have suggestions for me, if you have thoughts about what we can do better, and if you think we're not performing to a level, you can let me know. And you can decide the best form that you can communicate with that with me. So he's just he's standing by it. Yeah, you can find him at Jed York on Twitter, <laughs> and he probably won't read it. No. So, again, you have to ask, how does it really – yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be you know completely honest with you. It's not all his fault. He can't handle when people retire, especially like with Anthony Davis. I mean, that was just after the draft, after free agency. I mean, that's something that was well out of his control. Yeah, and and that is the the biggest weakness right now on the 49ers is that right side of that offensive line, and that was that's one of the main reasons why. That's not Jed York's fault. However, how many they're twelve million dollars under the cap right now? I, I, spend that money. You know, I, I know there's not a lot of guys out there right now, and there's not a whole lot you can do at this point in the season. And, you know, at 2-5, and five, maybe it is a lost year. You know, but uh, lower ticket prices, you know, give away more tickets. Right. You know, hey, They lowered beer price 25 cents, right? 25 Did cents? Hey, there you go. <laughs> Most persons, I mean, the average fan's going to save, what, 75 cents at a game? Yeah. Something like I that. I realize that that's a lame answer. <laughs> <laughs> he also said that. Yeah. Um, that was a lame answer. That was. So, but look, so – you mentioned the, the the personnel stuff that he doesn't have control over, but mm-hmm. he went on to say in those interviews that it was a football philosophy football philosophy problem that he had with Jim Harbaugh, which is insane because that doesn't make sense. Why? First of all, why do you have any football philosophy? I'd love to hear like, right. what you know. What so, is your philosophy? Yeah, what Jet? defense do you run against a team that has twenty one personnel when they come out of that? Like, you know what? <laughs> Jed, what is your football philosophy? Right. I would love to hear that. Get the chalkboard out. Show me how you're going to draw that up. What are we going to start? Can you script oh. some plays for us, and He's Jed? trying to stand by this whole mutual split thing. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on that. It you want to talk Jordan Debbie right talk now? Around, uh, you want to talk about how five of the six sacks came with him in the game? 
<laughs> yeah, you want to talk about that? You want to say three were directly on him? And he's still supposed uh, to, like, I, I just, I've never heard of a platoon at right guard. No. Ever. No. It just doesn't happen. You hear about it in the outfield in baseball. You hear about it in the middle infield. You hear about it, uh, you hear about it, some like at running back, you run a committee. Sure. You don't hear about it at quarterback. You never hear it on the offensive line. Well, you especially don't hear it when the main reason you went with Devi in the beginning and Piers is because, oh, we wanted to have some sort of cohesion there on the on the offensive line. We, these guys play together. We want to keep them together. We want to, And now all of a sudden, you know, you're going to start a platoon there? You're There's obviously another guy guys? playing better, but yeah. they still – and the only thing I can see is maybe they like him – they like his ability to pull. He's semi-athletic sure. and he can get out and pull. Yeah. But then what – and this is one thing that a lot of NFL teams do. They sort of outsmart themselves with personnel. Mm-hmm. When you have a guy who's strictly a third-down running back and he's in on passing plays, then you bring in – the defense knows, okay, that's the guy that right. doesn't run the ball. They're so going to pass. They're going to pass. So yeah. half your play. I mean, it right sets there, up draws and whatnot, sure, of course, right. but those don't work very well. We've <laughs> yeah, seen. That you're already in third and ten as it is at right. that point. And the same with guard. Yeah. So you're like, okay, guess what? We're going to run a run oh, play the left. In here? Guess yeah. what? Our right guard's going to pull left on this play because that's the only thing he's better than average at doing. Yeah, it's it's painful to watch right now, you know? And, and with Carlos Hyde now being banged up, I mean, they expect him to play this weekend, but do you want him playing with a stress fracture in his foot? You're two and five. You know, it is, is really, I mean, I guess it's still early. There's still a lot of games left to be played, but you got nine games left. Yeah, you could turn this season around, but, but let's be honest. Can you? I mean, this this football team's not very good right now. They're just not, yeah, they have a lot of talent, but they also have a lot of non-talent that's on the field right now that's seeing a lot of action. They do, and that's one of the questions is what can they actually change? Because right. if you want to go back to, I mean, it all stems from the top. It all stems from Jed York, right? So, we, we you know, we obviously can't change that. Overwhelming response on Twitter where people I talk to, 49ers fans, they're like, what can we do about Jed York? Mm-hmm. Um, or even Balky. I mean, York's getting a lot of this, but he hired Balky, and Balky's yeah, well, I mean, bringing can, in all these guys. You can uh, you can fire Balky, yeah, but you can't fire York. The no. only like you would have to go. It's crazy. You would have to have such a well planned boycott and, and have like an empty stadium or something crazy that, Almost a that the national media takes notice of to just embarrass the York family enough to right. make a change and hire a football president. You know, bring in either completely pull Jed out or bring in someone. Under him, but that also does the football stuff, and it's like, okay, you don't do anything football related. Carmen right. Policy does the football stuff. You know, John McVay they had in the past. You know, when Eddie D was there, so it's like, I'm all for that. Yeah, and because if you find the next great coach, which isn't easy already, will Jed run him off too? Right. You know, it's a fair question. Tom so is not that guy. Yeah, and it's it, unfortunately he was put in a position that was just terrible. Who could who yeah, could possibly never, have won in this situation? the step of being a defensive coordinator. You go right up. Right. It's not like you're going to say, oh, we need to do something different. We need Jim Tomsula to call the plays. He's never done that. No. So you can't do that. Right. He's not going to call the offensive plays, obviously. Of course not. So where do you make some kind of a big change? Which which was rumored. Matt Mayoko threw that out there. There's going to be big some change, big change. Big change. And we haven't seen anything. We haven't seen a little change. No. I mean, was he talking about Bethea? Like, <laughs> it's a big change because he's injured yeah, and, and he's out. Here comes Tart. I heard something about uh, waiting for the bye week. Yeah. So you're going to wait two, past two week, more weeks? week 10 to change anything about this yeah, season I mean, that's going down the dumper? Yeah. I mean, I guess at that point, you're probably going to be two and seven. I mean, you got a tough road game at St. Louis to Vision rival with an awesome defensive line. Speaking of which, coming up in a bit, we're going to have Danny Kleppinger. She is a St. Louis Rams reporter. She's going to be on the show. We'll ask her all about these Rams. Yes, we are. And if the 49ers have any sort of shot this weekend. And uh, also, later today, 49ers fangirl. Tracy, she's going to be on the show, yes. so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. We're going to get a, a fan's perspective on that's this. Right. It's ladies' night. Yeah, ladies, I like it. It's yeah. October. It's Breast Cancer Awareness the drinks Month. Drinks are half off. Yeah, <laughs> ladies get in free. Yeah, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Our last show in October. Yeah, I like it. By the way, let's let's shout that out right now, and uh, let's see. So, if you want to go to NFL.com/pink, you can get a bunch of links for some of this stuff. Um, but if you want to donate, because you know wearing pink is one thing, mm-hmm. not necessarily my color, right? And I'm more about action than I am about. Awareness. I think everyone is aware yeah. that cancer exists. And it was like that cancer. ice bucket challenge. Like, just don't do the ice bucket. Just donate the money. Right. So <laughs> for those of you who do want to donate, American Cancer Society, you can donate. And that's what's linked at NFL.com. It's donate.cancer.org. There's also the American Association for Cancer Research. You can find them at AACR.org. So those are the places to go if you want to donate. So real quick, Seahawks safety Michael Bennett. You know, I don't want to talk too much about this Seahawks game, of course, because it's it was disgusting to watch. Uh, he won the NFC Defensive Player of the Week honors. That is now the fourth player 
this season to win either Offensive or Defensive Player of the Week playing against the 49ers. Against the 49ers. Yeah. Roethlisberger, Matthew, and Eli Manning, all the previous winners. Um, not good. No. That's, that's not something you want to give up week in and week out. That is not good. That Four was, out of seven. It, they've had some trouble offenses passing for big numbers against yeah, them. Yeah, Eli, Roethlisberger. But, but a lot of that, and really terrible at getting off the field on third downs, but they had done a pretty good job at forcing third down, even third and long. Sure. They just couldn't stop them. They were stopping the run on first and second down, so that was at least a promising sign earlier in the season. But this week against the Seahawks, that went out the window as well. When so we, now you like, where do you hang your hat? We mentioned it also. The you know the first guy was getting pressure on Wilson, and then where was that second guy? You yeah, know, it just, that's it, something we already knew. We 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 known that it, and, they proved it again, right? You Aaron know? Lynch, man, he, he's one of the few bright spots on this team. He's yeah, fun to watch. yeah, he's he's a lot of fun to watch. But when he's getting in there, and Wilson, you know, his escapability, he's gonna you know, make him miss a lot on that first time, and then there was no one there to clean it up. Nobody. Yeah, it was it was that was painful to watch too. So yeah, Jared Hayne inactive. That was uh, a bit of a surprise for me. I don't know if you were surprised as well. Surprised and disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's scary when he touches the ball, but it's also exciting. Like, there's not a whole lot to look forward to right now. And he he was one of the bright spots for me. Yeah, he's one of the guys that can make a play. Yeah, Reggie Bush was uh, returning punts. He he only returned one. Uh, But apparently they feel good with with Bush going forward. So we may not see Hain again. This week, especially it's, with uh, with Hyde being, I mean, quote unquote, healthy enough to it, play in this it game, it depends on Hyde because if you think Hyde and, and Bush are going to be healthy, you can you yeah. can play or you can activate Hayne over Davis. But, but I, obviously, but they're too worried about both those guys. Right. So you have to have Davis there because he can carry the load for you. Whereas he has got the yeah, he's Hayne got a little bit of uh, experience there in the uh, football game. Right. The uh, sport. Yeah, yeah. Tart's going to get his first start. Uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited too. I, like I mean, it was a bummer he's, to see Batea go down, but you know, right? Well, obviously that's you don't want to see tough, that. But next man up, time Let's to go. start seeing some of these guys. He's yeah. a second round pick. He's got a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. We mentioned it on Twitter. Let's start seeing the young guys. Let's let's get Purcell. Let's just suit him up for a game. Everybody, see everybody. what he can do. See if he can get some pressure there Sto, on the D line. Yeah, he's one of the few. He, he's one of the best pass rushers they had in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Get him on the field, whether it's for Will Hoyt or you want to give. Bowman just a little bit of a blow, you know? Yeah, which, you know, he could definitely use. He's out there so, so much. Daniel Kilgore, they're saying, will not be activated this week, but he's starting to ramp up his practice, doing more and more, so he may be coming back soon enough. You know, maybe he might be a post-buy guy, too. You know, two more weeks until they have to activate him, so that would make sense. We may not see him for a bit. You know what? I totally skipped over this. We didn't really talk about anything that happened around the league this week. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do want to. There's a little bit of bad news out there. Uh, those it. of you hoping for a coaching change, uh-huh. Jim Bob Cooter is off the table. Man, that is such a great football. How strong name. is that yeah. name? <laughs> I remember when he played college football too. I remember. Do thinking, you remember Jim Bob Cooter? Yeah, I was like, oh, look at that name. Yeah, that's great. James Robert. James but, Robert. He, but he likes Jim Bob. He likes both, and he, you have to say them all. Yeah. <laughs> he needs like a, a he needs like a dash in there on the last name too. Yeah, they think that he's going to wake up Matthew Stafford in Detroit, so we'll see. I don't know. Lions coach taking over. He's the new offensive coordinator there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not looking good either. There's some no. other teams. The 49ers aren't the only team that, that are having a rough go of it right now. Right. Tennessee uh, also looking really bad. Yeah. yeah, a lot of bad football teams out there. Um, the Ravens. Um, yeah, unfortunately. We saw them firsthand. Not in the NFC West. You know? No. <laughs> the no, Seahawks no. Are, are just uh, above the 49ers there in the rankings, and uh, they, they definitely showed what a better football team they were. They were, and hopefully, yeah, is is one of those things where the 49ers might have been their get-well team. Yeah, that that's not fun to say. Do you want to go to the mailbag? Let's do it. We got a lot of action okay. going. Yeah, you mentioned Hain, and we have we still have one of our Australian, at least one. Australian. At least one. There's more of you. I know there's more of you out there. I see the numbers, but Ben, one of our Australian listeners from Melbourne, 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 is Melbourne. Pronounce yeah. it. Yeah, say that right. Uh, he said since week one, no idea about the NFL. So uh, thanks for teaching me the game. Go Niners. He's been listening from since week one. So appreciate Ben. He tweeted He's, us out a photo too. Yeah. He From did. the pub, watching From the, the Niner pub. game. He, yeah, oh, that's right. He said, uh, heading down to the pub at lunch for a cheeky... <laughs> I don't know what a cheeky pint is. <laughs> heading down to the pub for, at lunch for a cheeky pint and a Parma to watch Jared Hayne not receiving snaps. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. And then How he, much of a bummer. The, the reason he became a football fan, that guy's inactive. Yeah, but he still watched the game. He, he actually did. sent us a, a picture. He was wearing a Giants hat, too, a San Francisco Giants yes. hat. So. As Bay Area people, we were very happy Strong to see look. that. Absolutely. So keep, thanks, Ben, for listening. And keep hope- the faith, Bane. Yeah, ben, I think I think he'll be back. I, I think Hane will be back on the Hane field. Will be Get, back. He better be back. He the Hane be plane, there. the Hane train, whatever you want to ride. Right. It's coming back. What was that? Was that the Hane train? It was. It was. At 12.1 Studios, also on our Instagram, which is at Gold Faithful Podcast. 
Come follow now. Uh, he wants to know why the 49ers cheerleaders, the gold rush, aren't called the gold diggers. He thinks that that would be uh, marketing gold there. That's, that's a valid Absolutely. question. Absolutely. That's yeah. a much better name. Yeah, I'm sure if you put together some sort of T-shirt, you could probably sell that online, especially with those Catwoman outfits that they wore. Right. Oh, Are we yeah. going to see those again, you think? They were good luck. When the, when the Niners wear those black u- unis? I'm uh, I'm surprised people haven't started clamoring for those just yeah. because that's the best the 49ers have looked all season. I, let's start it right now. Hey, and see, that's what's crazy about the NFL. And if the season ended today, the Vikings would be in the playoffs. Right. Oh, that's so weird. And they looked so – they were thoroughly dominated by the 49ers who have looked pretty horrible since then. Mm-hmm. But that first game, they looked great. Yeah. Man, everybody was so hacked it's up. it's matchups. And, and we're going to talk to Danny Kleppinger, but I think – the Rams are actually a decent matchup for the 49ers. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't want to get too much into that now. Let's, but let's Actually, let's give Danny a call. Should we? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Okay, she's a reporter for the St. Louis Rams. She is the host of Rams Nation, and she's also made the fourth most three-point field goals <laughs> in Stony Brook University history. Of course, I'm talking about Danny Kleppinger. Danny, thank you so much for joining us again. Hey, Danny. Thank you so much, and wow, what an introduction. You guys did your homework. Well, you know, we talked basketball last time, so we had to do a little research on you before you came back on. That's right. Have you had a chance to take on any Rams yet? Uh, no, honestly, not yet, because they have a, we have a basketball court at the um, facility, but it's got a tarp over it where they're eating. So I've heard that it's right after the season that that tarp comes up, but uh, I can tell you that a lot of smack talking has been going on, especially as the guys continue. I think the last time I talked to you, I was still fairly new, but yeah. as the guys continue to get to know me and I'm around them so much, the smack talking has reached new heights. Yeah, you can follow her on Twitter at Danny Klepp. That's D-A-N-I-K-L-U-P, Danny. Rams coming in 3-3 three and three in the NFC West. Just one game back in the loss column of the division-leading Cardinals, whom you guys have beaten already. St. Louis, 2-0 in the division. Got a very favorable schedule the next few weeks. Of course, you have our dysfunctional 49ers this weekend, then Minnesota, (laughs) Chicago, Baltimore. So tell me, how are spirits in the locker room and out on the practice field? I will say right now, you know, especially coming off a win, spirits are always always really good. Um, I think the one message, though, that they tend to uh, really focus on is that you really can't you have to stay even keeled. You can't get too high over any win. You can't get too low over any loss. So I think the guys have been doing a really good job of balancing that. Not to mention they know how big of a game this one is coming up anytime you play a divisional opponent. You know, they say that there's not much of a difference in an approach, but of course everybody knows that, you know, this is a team that you have to come out with a win over, especially at home. So, you know, and like you said, it, it may be on paper that the schedule looks like it's lightening up, but I, I don't think, I mean, it's the NFL. These guys have made it here for a reason. Every game is going to be tough from here on out. Right. Every game is tough like that. You run into a buzzsaw sometimes for one sure. week. It's hard to win on the road against any team. Um, we, we checked in with you in the off season. One of the major changes with the Rams was a quarterback. And uh, I, I just want to know, how would you grade Nick Foles through seven weeks? Sam Bradford, obviously, has had his struggles with the Philadelphia Eagles are Rams fans happy with, with that swap so far? Um, I think that Nick has obviously had his fair share of struggles so far this season, but I also have seen so many glimpses of greatness. Um, I think that he's still getting comfortable with this offense, and I don't think that that's a point that everybody really pays attention to. I still think that, you know, it's a learning process. There's a lot, and it's a whole new offense to learn and just you know, a short amount of time. I really think that he's doing a good job. He didn't have the best game against Green Bay. That's one that sticks out in particular. He threw four interceptions, two of which were in in, in the red zone. Um, but he bounced back. He really, you know, our offense has gotten off to a slow start, and I think anybody in the building or, you know, across the board would tell you that. Um, but they were able to pick it up in the second half against the Browns. You know, once they get things flowing, you know, the confidence starts to be a little bit more apparent. And I think as Todd Gurley continues to play the way that he's playing, I think the whole offense as a whole is just going to keep gaining confidence and start making bigger plays. Yeah, Danny, before we get to the beast that is Todd Gurley, I want to (laughs) talk a little bit more about Foles. I mean, he he has the four-interception game that you talked about, and he's only thrown for more than 200 yards in one game so far this season. I mean, do you think that that's a major concern? You know, if you guys fall behind, is, is the offense going to be able to not just keep handing the ball off to Gurley? You know, is, is Foles the type of guy with this offense uh, to be able to, to mount a comeback? I think he is. And I think, like, it stems with the chemistry that he has with this uh, roster. The, the receivers are very confident in him. And I think that 
even if the numbers don't show it right now, I think at some point that is going to show. It has to. Mm-hmm. You know, and I talked to Coach Fisher yesterday, actually earlier today, specifically about, you know, sooner than later, it's going to get harder and harder to just give Gurley the ball and just have him run. You know, at some point, big plays need to be made, whether it's on the outside or just with different playmakers. And I think that we do have a bunch of playmakers on this team that have yet to really show off what they can do, whether it's Tavon Austin, Stedman Bailey, Kenny Britt, the list goes on. And I think that that will come. I just think everybody is still getting a little – I still think everybody is finding their comfort zone there. But when Todd Gurley keeps playing the way that he's playing, like I said, I really think the confidence level, as the confidence gets higher, that the production will be there. Yeah, you mentioned Todd Gurley. I was a little critical of that earlier this season and when they drafted they spent such a high draft pick on on a position first of all it's kind of being devalued around the league it's really easy to find mid-round guys that can carry the rock for you people get hurt Mm -hmm. Todd Gurley was already hurt right which is kind of a scary thing the 49ers went through that they they picked a pretty talented guy in the draft Marcus Lattimore when Trey Mason looks so good too and with yeah Mason already looking Mm -hmm. pretty good and in the fold so I was really surprised by that but man it looks like you have a star Mm -hmm. in your hands unbelievable the guy is amazing and you know I used to work at the University of Tennessee before I came to the Rams. So I, I Todd Gurley had an over 200-yard game when he played against the Tennessee Vols. So I have seen him. I saw him be what he is showing now. So I really had all the confidence in the world with, uh, like in him while he was injured, while he was working his way back. But I do know that there were a lot of people that were questioning the pick. And I think one of my favorite moments so far this season has just been the press conference after um, – the Green Bay game, someone you know brought up Todd Gurley and, and his production, and are you surprised at all? He asked Coach Fisher that, and Coach Fisher just smiled because he was like, no, I'm not surprised. This is exactly right. the guy we <laughs> knew was going to be there. And for, he's rushed over 125 yards in three games, and he's the youngest player in NFL history to ever do it. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Hard. He's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, he's he's the guy they expected when they drafted him. A, a guy that a lot of um, outsiders looking into the Rams expected to have a, a really good season, maybe even a breakout season, uh, based on some numbers from last year was was Brian Quick. Is he is he getting close? I, I know that he had you know the one catch back against Green Bay. Is he any closer to uh, to getting out there with the starting squad? I mean, he is out there with the reps. You know, he just is. He's still getting, you know, more and more confident with his shoulder. As you guys know, he suffered just a car wreck type yeah, injury. I think we talked about that the last time, definitely. And I think he's just getting more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And it'll come. And it's not just him. We have a lot of playmakers on this team. So I think we're still kind of, you know, finding who's going to be our go-to guy. He's always been in the mix. He's going to continue to be in the mix. Um, he hasn't had the productivity that... I think people were expecting right away, but I also think people need to lower their expectations right away when someone comes off of an injury like that. It really messes with you mentally. Um, Whether he's still thinking about it or not, he has said that he's fine. Um, But we just have so many different playmakers. So, I I mean, he he may shine here pretty soon. You know, he, he really has the skills. It's just he hasn't had the chance yet. This 49er secondary might be the time. Right, I yeah. hate to say it. It might be. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the defense. Uh, I actually saw someone on Twitter claim that the Rams might have drafted the best player in the draft two years in a row with Todd Gurley this year and Aaron Donald the year before. Donald is so quick. He's really the guy I'm most frightened about the 49ers facing. Mm-hmm. He's a disruptive guy in the middle going up against San Francisco's interior line, especially center and right guard that have looked Really Horrible. poor. I mean, even aside from Donald, he, he's looked amazing. I'm sure you're stoked on him, and Rams fans are as well. But uh, what can you tell us about the the Rams defense? Honestly, if I'm a quarterback for an opposing team and I see the St. Louis Rams on my schedule, I'm scared. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding you. And I, I may sound biased because I work for the team, but they're an unbelievable defensive line. And then it just stems back from there. Um, one guy I just want to point out in particular because you know he hasn't gotten that much love yet but is mark barron um he actually was a safety and alec ogletree who was our leading tackler at the time got injured and is out for um you know a while and mark barron has seamlessly gone from safety to linebacker he has completely changed rooms and in the first game that he came back he had 19 tackles which is the first time Anybody has done that as a Rams since 2001. 19 tackles for a guy who just wow. switched, he switched positions. Found his spot, you know, maybe. Is, 
it's just football instincts. It's, mm-hmm. it's just so impressive, and it also shows just how deep this team is in defense. Um, but like you said, the offensive line, I think we're we're up there at the top, if not leading towards um, in sacks in the league. Yeah. And uh, it's it's not surprising when you watch these guys. And, and there's a confidence about them. I mean, you can see it in practice. I mean, they practice hard all the time, and, and they hold each other to a really high standard. And if one person does something wrong, they're on each other about it, whether it's joking or, you know, being dead serious. But they really hold themselves to a high standard, and I think you can see that translate to the field. They're, they're a scary bunch. Oh, yeah, especially as Niner fans, we've got Jordan Devy and Eric Pierce there on the right side. I'm, I'm terrified for Kaepernick's life this weekend. So, hey, I don't know how much you can actually talk about this, Danny, but there's a lot of reports going around about L.A. and a new stadium and, and a new stadium wanting to be built in St. Louis as well. Is, are there any sort of whispers going on around camp about maybe uh, signing some sort of, uh, what what is it, a, a moving I know that the Chargers just had to sign something like that, uh, or they're talking about signing it in January, a petition to, to move the franchise. Is there anything like that kind of kind of going on around St. Louis right now? You know, I'm going to be honest. I'm someone that really has just been focusing on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's just so far out of anybody's hands. And I think James Laurinaitis put it best. You know, our building, our uh, Rams Park is two store is two stories. And this is a third story issue. You know, this is something that no one in the building knows anything about. Right. No, you know, no. Everybody hears bits and pieces, but you know, no one knows. And, and rather than you know thinking about it or dwelling on it, the players are focused on the games, and that's pretty much what everybody that's employed there is doing too, as, as well as me. So I think that that's an issue that obviously it's a hot topic issue at the moment, but. You know, I'm going to be honest when I say I, I, I really don't follow it. Great. Yeah, Danny, we completely understand. We have some third floor issues going oh, on yeah. <laughs> in San Francisco, <laughs> or Santa Clara to be yeah. more accurate as well. So look, the Rams are favored by about nine points, uh, and that's fair. But sure. it hasn't been all rosy for the 3-3 three and three Rams either. I know there's been a lot of uh, positive points we've been talking about, but where can the 49ers hurt the Rams if they were to pull off an upset in St. Louis? I think if they stop Todd Gurley, you know, mm-hmm. then the Rams' offense is going to, you know, really need to find a new playmaker and find them fast. And, and you know, I think that's something that the Rams are really working on this this week because I think that that's everybody realizes it. And and Coach Fisher has said it multiple times throughout this week already. He said, you know, our defense played four quarters last game. Our special teams played four quarters last game. Our offense played two quarters. And they know that they need to play a lot better than they did last weekend in order to get a win over San Francisco. Hey, it's just, just, it's just how it is. One, one last question before we let you get out of here, Danny. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you actually, uh, you're, the coaching staff there has a former 49er on it. Of course, I'm talking about Jeff Garcia, hired as mm-hmm. an offensive assistant coach in the offseason. Have, have you had a chance to, uh, to, to chat with, with Mr. Garcia? I have. He's a great guy. He really is. He's a nice dude. He really works hard. And he's so, it's so funny because we, um, we all joke about it, but he knows it too. When he's out there on the field, just you know, practicing with the guys, he gives his hundred and ten percent. He's grunting when he's throwing those passes. We, I see him in the weight room. He's working hard. That guy still hasn't lost his bitch, That's for sure. Yeah, Fisher made a comment. I, I think today or yesterday about oh, he can still play. He, he, he oh, can, yeah, he, he can suit up and get out there. No problem. Almost definitely. You know, I'm on the treadmill in the in the weight room, and he starts in there lifting, and I, like, put my speed up, like, two whole notches because I'm like, I just want to be like him. I just want to be able to <laughs> I want to go as hard as Jeff Garcia. Yeah, he's 40-something. Come on. i got to keep up um, with this guy. Unreal. He's unreal. He really is. You can follow her on Twitter, at Danny Klepp. That's D-A-N-I-K-L-U-P. She is, of course, Danny Kleppinger. Danny, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me, guys. Always great talking to Danny. She definitely knows her football. Oh, um, she's fun to talk to. I, I do want to touch on this, um, and this was it was kind of surprising to me because I know Nick Foles has had some struggles. Colin Kaepernick has 350 more passing yards than Nick Foles does this season. Well, like I mentioned, he's only got the one game of passing over 200. The Rams as a team are the only worse passing team than the 49ers. Yeah, they're 32nd. Yeah. The 49ers are 31st. Yeah. At 177.7 yards per game, they average through the air. I mean, I get it. You've got Todd Gurley. Give him the ball. Right. 
But he hasn't been there all season. No, he hasn't. Yeah, that's that. I I, I asked Danny the question: Are they worried? You know, if, if Foles is going to have to win them a game, and of course they are. That's got to be the answer. Yes, they've got to. Be. And uh, we, we talked about how the 49ers didn't show up stopping the run this past week, but that's mm-hmm. obviously the key. If they can stop the run, yeah. that's where the 49ers um, can can win this game. Well, and that's something that the Rams are really good at, too, is stopping the run. They've only allowed one rusher over 100 yards. It was Matt Jones in Week 2, and nobody really knew much about Matt Jones at that time. So I, you got to think they're going to be gearing towards Hyde. I mean, why we would you to. not? And I'm worried how little they used him last week. He's obviously not 100%. Right. And if, and so is it going to be a Reggie have, Bush game? They didn't have an offense aside from that. They did, It's kind of like they didn't really know what to what do. What to do, yeah. We, we're used to giving him the rock 20 times, and now we yeah. can't do that. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens this weekend. Um, oh, man. Should we wait on our predictions until uh, until later in the game, or should we just bust them out right now? I mean, we're talking about the game. Let's do it. Let's make our picks. All right. Wait, let's hear yours first. All right. So uh, I, I, you never like those 10 a.m. starts for the uh, the West Coast teams, especially coming off such a brutal loss. You do like the fact that you had, what, 10 days to prepare for this against the Rams, but I, I can't do it. I can't predict another win. I want them to win. Obviously, I want them to win every single game. I'll say that every single time I pick right. against them. But I just, I just don't see it. I don't see a win. I don't blame you. You got to be real. I think I, it's going to be. I, I would probably take the nine points because I don't think that it's going to be a blowout. But yeah, I mean, maybe I, a six or seven point, point win. With what for I've Lewis. seen in the 49ers on the road, I yeah. would probably not even take the points. Yeah, I mean, they didn't look so bad in New York, though, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that was actually a pretty good showing on their part. Yeah, yeah that was good. Um, they had a chance to win that game for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I <laughs> the, just... the Giants' line, defensive line is nowhere near what St. Louis's <laughs> line is, which yes. terrifies and me the most. this is, you know, the, they've Question. had a chance to fare pretty well against not an elite quarterback. They faced a lot of really good quarterbacks. We have season. three bad quarters from Kaepernick. Do we see Blaine Gabbert? I don't. I don't think Blaine Gabbert, I've said it on the show before, I don't think he's any sort of an answer. I don't either, but, I mean, did you see what Jerry Rice had to say? No. He said bench Colin Kaepernick. He said give the quarterback some temporary pine time. Right. It might just be the wake-up call that he needs. Yeah, that's the only thing that makes yeah. sense. Either you're trying to keep him healthy. Yeah. Uh, you don't want that injury. You know, maybe if you if you are going to get rid of Kaepernick after the season, you don't want him getting hurt. Exactly. Then that, that injury uh, thing comes through, and then his contract becomes guaranteed next year. Right. Um he ran so, the balls. He had zero rushing yards uh, the, in that game against Seattle. The offense was so odd. They were not using Hyde, yeah. and Kaepernick wasn't running the ball either. Mm-hmm. Um, the fewest yards by an offense this season per week, the 49ers have led that category three times. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Against the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Packers. I mean, if you watch— All under 200 yards total offense. If you watch that, yeah, you—, you you know, if you watch any 49ers football games, unless you only watched, like, the Giants game or the Vikings game, you know, and you saw the, the solid performances. Right. Other than that, they've just looked bad. You know, it's just, it, there's nothing clicking. Kaepernick has no time. You can't complete passes jumping, you know, out of the way of defenders constantly yeah, or laying on your back. And it's hard to tell how those factors are obviously working together because he's looking bad when he does have time, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have time a lot either. So right. you can't blame it all on either thing. But combined, it just is it's awful. It's been a train wreck. It has not been good. Um, you know, the back to the Jerry Rice thing, he yes. said he, that he supports him 100%. But, you know, sometimes you need that sort of thing. He talked about when he first came into the league, he struggled, he dropped balls, and he had some good people around him to help him get through it. And maybe he's worried that, that Colin doesn't quite have that kind of support system around him. The, the, these comments were made yesterday, and then Rice tweeted out today, like, relax, people. I didn't say bench him for the year. Bill Walsh would let players get their heads together often. So it's right. like— that make, That's the only thing that makes sense. If you, You're not bringing Gabbard in because Gabbard's the answer. Right. You're trying to help Kaepernick by benching him. When he finished that tweet, was saying, Cap is the future for the 49ers. So, I mean, you could clearly see that he is behind yeah. him. But And that is the kind of thing that maybe, maybe he needs. Maybe he just needs a bit of a reality check. Just like, look— uh, and but you know, then again, and, and I, just, I don't want to make him the scapegoat. Like, no, you but can't. also, and here's, but here's the other thing. So if he does have maybe a bad half or something, they decide to bench him, and mm-hmm. then you know, so for some reason, it sparks the offense. Something happens. Now you're in a situation where, oh crap, what Gabbert outplayed him. Right now, we have to play Gabbert. You have to, right? And the fans will freak out, especially if you win the football game. They always say the most popular guy in the NFL is the backup quarterback. Right. I mean, there were times when, yeah, I used to. I, I would call for all kinds, like Tim Rattay. I, was, I remember calling for Elvis Gerbach at times. I mean, I think there were even some Druckenmiller chants oh, back geez. in the day. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is sad. To, to, to Troy Smith, I think. I think I had right, that call yeah, a few times. I forgot he was around for a Yeah, while. I mean, it, it's, it's right. And, and maybe 
they you need to see it. Maybe they need to show the fans like, look, get off cap. Look, look, what else do we have? Look at this guy, Gabbert. You know, let's see how bad he looks. Or maybe it does click. Maybe where are the quick slants? Where are the little dump offs to the court, the running back? Like where where are the safety nets for Kaepernick? Yeah, nothing's coming off. In timing, it, yeah. it's it's a, it's a funky offense to watch, and you just don't like it from the start. This last game, you, I'm thinking, gosh, I just it's hard to watch. Man. Let's get a fan's perspective on this. Let's get let's give our, our our guest a call. Let's do it. Okay, so our next guest can be found on 49ersfangirl.com. She can be followed on Twitter at 49ersfangirl. You can even subscribe to her YouTube channel, 49ersfangirl. You guessed it. We've got 49ersfangirl Tracy on the show. Tracy, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, so I want to talk a little bit about your podcast from yesterday. It's Talking Touchdowns is Colin Kaepernick, the new Jim Harbaugh. So, so Callie Steph, you had her on your show. She talked about the love triangle. And much like you, I also I hate these stories. You know, they're they're not that much football related, but it's it's making the news. So I think we should talk about it, Tracy. Do you do you feel that this has led to some sort of resentment towards Kaepernick, maybe by his fellow teammates in the locker room? To be perfectly honest, and this is probably not that exciting an answer, but I just, I just don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think at this point, Alden's gone. I said on the podcast, and I, I'd say again, no matter what happened, the way Alden Smith handled it was not appropriate, and was especially not appropriate for a guy who's been arrested four times and was already on thin ice to begin with. So, if it happened. If it happened the way they say it happened and it causes resentment in the locker room, I still think it's a little bit unfair to Kaepernick because at the end of the day, Alden Smith is responsible for how he handles it and right. how he behaves. And you can't you can't handle life like that. Right. You can't uh, behave like that. And so I would actually say that Alden puts the team more at risk than Colin did if that is indeed what happened. And I just find it hard to believe that these guys – I mean, I can't imagine how much this stuff goes on in locker rooms around NFL or any professional sports. And – the fact that anything like this, whose girlfriend is whose, would have any effect on any football player in any locker room, I, I, I can't, I just can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, I feel like you're, you're a grown I, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> handle like, your business, me? and this like, is, is your job. That's, that's what I think. I, I completely agree with that. And you know what? If they worked in a law firm, and Alden had dated somebody, and then Colin went to date the person, and Alden wasn't happy about it, and he came into Colin's office or to her house and smashed something... You can't act like that. Right. right. And so you, I, I still think the onus is on Alden. And we don't know all the details. Of course. But I still feel the onus is on him. And I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me on that. But that is just kind of my, that's my opinion on it. Okay, let's get back to football a little bit. I like to think that I have some journalistic integrity. You do? And I try to have objectivity <laughs> when it comes to the team and not get wrapped up as a pure fan. Right. But what I want to hear from you is the fan's perspective how, how do you feel about this team right now? Are you upbeat, excited, hopeful, curious, worried, downtrodden, pissed <laughs> off? Like how far down? Like where where are you where at on, on the that scale meter? Yeah. You fall. Well, I'm, I'm definitely not um, excited. Right. <laughs> I'm be, not that'd be weird. Curious? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm definitely not um, upbeat. Uh, curious, I think, is an interesting word. Downtrodden, hopeful. Uh, I I mean, listen. You look at this team, and they're just—they're—they're they're bad. Yeah. They're a bad football team. And what I still can't wrap my head around is the fact that they were in a Super Bowl three years ago, and an NFC Championship game two years ago, and one kid passed away from going back to the Super Bowl, and now they're a bad football team. And so I'm—I'm I'm concerned. I think as a fan, I love them. I'm always going to love them, but they're terrible. So at this point, there was a point in the Seattle game. I went to the game with my cousin, and I turned to him, and I said, at this point, I'm kind of apathetic. At this point, I just hope no one gets hurt. Mm. I'd kind of just like him to call the game. He's throwing the towel. I mean, I kind of feel like at this point, all that, all that can happen is someone get hurt. And I was right, because Antoine Bethea yeah. is out for the season. Right. Um, and I know that you can't call football games for that reason, but... You know, I'm definitely concerned. I don't know how they write this ship. And there's still that fan part of me that thinks Sunday is a pre- – I actually think Sunday is a winnable game. But I don't even know that that is a phrase that applies to this team anymore. I'm kind of disappointed. I was hoping you were going to have some really shiny side of the coin to <laughs> tell us, us about. Bring us back. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I, you know what? I'll do this for you. On Friday, watch my game preview video, and if nothing else, it will make you smile. Oh, there we go. Okay, that's, that's on YouTube at 49ers Fangirl? Yes. All and right. Now, well, if nothing else, it'll give you a chuckle. It'll give you a laugh. I, if this, maybe this will make you smile. I do think Sunday is a winnable game. I really do. I think they have flashes. I'm not going to say flashes of brilliance because that would be crazy. But they have <laughs> flashes of ability to play football, and they've had flashes of it this season. Sunday is a winnable football game. It just depends which team shows up. Yeah, That's I couldn't really- agree with you more, especially with the offensive line. You know, if they can give Kaepernick a little bit of time, uh, I, I agree with you. I think it is a winnable game. I, I don't think they will win, but I, I'm with you that that there's definitely the possibility there. So I, I'm not sure if you, you're aware of, of Jerry Rice and his comments about possibly benching She's Kaepernick. aware of Jerry Rice. <laughs> he was Jerry, pretty good, right? Tell me more about this Jerry <laughs> Rice. 80, right? I think that was his number. <laughs> you know, how, uh, he made some comments about he, oh, he feels like maybe Kaepernick needs a little bit of time on the bench. Did, did you see these comments? I did. I actually just saw them a little bit ago. Oh, so, I mean, I'd love to hear your 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 comments on it. We just spoke about it. You know, we're kind of in agreement with him. Brian even mentioned, you know, the most popular guy on a football team is usually the backup quarterback. And then we mentioned <laughs> some very bad backup quarterbacks in the past for the 49ers. So, I mean, how do you feel about, about what Jerry had to say? I think Jerry's entitled to his opinion. I think, listen, I think Jerry's actually spent time playing football. And so I'm going to say that he probably knows more than I do. <laughs> that being said... I do not think it's time to put Kaepernick on the bench. Um, I, I, I don't think Blake Gabbert's the answer. Oh, no, I think no. that I think Kaepernick would benefit from being on a bench if he was on a bench behind a very strong quarterback. If that makes sense, I think at this point, if you put Kaepernick on the bench, you create so much turmoil for the team and for Kaepernick that I don't think there's any way for them to recover. Um, and you listen, maybe that's not a great way to look at it, but that's just that is my personal opinion at this point. I just think at this point, if you bench him, you create such a circus that it would uh, counteract the positives that Jerry Rice talked about. I see what he's saying. Mix it up, put him on the bench, make him really hungry for his job. I, I get that, but I think at this point, it would create such a circus that it would just completely negate any positives. Right. The other thing they say, that. along with the, the backup quarterback being the most popular guy, is the uh, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks. Right. So if, mm-hmm. if, if is another thing we talked about, if Gabbard does come in and play well, now what the then heck what? do you do? Now the house is on right. fire. You right. know. Right. So I don't. You know. And if if Gabbard's not going to be the future, and I mean, I also should be clear, and I think this is probably clear if you follow me on Twitter and you do listen to the podcast. I'm not. I haven't given up on Kaepernick yet. Um. So and I'm probably in the minority on that one as well. But I have not quite given up on him yet. I think it's it's a little unfair offensive line. It's so, so bad that I don't know that anybody would be playing well behind them. I mean, Russell Wilson also has a pretty terrible offensive line, and he managed to play well the other night. But he still threw two interceptions, and he was sacked five times, and he's not having a spectacular season. So I think it's just a little unfair at the moment, and all this conversation, not our conversation, but the general conversation out there, you know, isn't helping matters with Kaepernick. Um, but if Blaine Gabbard's not the future, if the point isn't let's put Blaine Gabbard out there and see what he can do and see if he's the future of this team, I'm going out, going out on a limb and saying he's not to the future of this team, then I don't know that it does all that much good. I think you're better off putting Cap out there and seeing is he the future of this team. Let him play out the season. Yeah. See, see what happens. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Wilson there. You, you know, he's been sacked so many times already this season, and, and he's got a horrible offensive line. But but he, you know, he got to go up against the 49ers defensive line, which uh, we we talk about a lot on this show, is they, they get pressure from one guy, and then there's never that second guy there to uh, right. to, to, yeah, to sort of clean things up. up. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, you lose your starting safety, or you bring it in Tart, a rookie. Uh, I'm just, I, I'm really worried Going forward, I, I think it, it might be time not not to bench Kaepernick because I'm with you. I don't think he should be the scapegoat. I don't feel that yeah. that Kaepernick is the reason that they're so bad. It's that offensive line. Uh, I've been saying it for a long time. Anthony Davis screwed this football team when he retired after free agency, after the draft. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat that to death until this well, season's I over. I think Anthony Davis with all the retirements and all the free agency losses, that was the biggest one. Oh yeah, oh most definitely because the other ones they knew so they could prepare for. Whereas with him, it was like, oh, the season's gonna get started soon. I'm sorry, guys, I don't feel up to it. You know, yeah. that, ah, that just to me. I, I, and he's talking about wanting to come back. And at this point, you obviously would be like, yes, please. 
But at the yeah, same, I mean, if he wants to come back Sunday, yeah, I would personally welcome him. I would too, but there would always be a part of me that's going to be bitter for what he's done. A little bit of arrogance from the front office too, because they didn't really do much to replace the other guys who retired either. That's true. They really expected everybody else to step up, and that hasn't happened at all. No, no, it has not. And it was, and I still, and I still harbor a resentment over Evan Mathis not being signed. Though yeah. you know what, I saw someone made a comment the other day that, of course, never occurs to me. Maybe he didn't want to sign with them. Yeah, you know, we had Larry Kruger on actually uh, last week, and he, he said the same exact thing. He's like, you know what? If they're offering him money and Denver's offering him similar money, why would you not go to a franchise that has a chance to win? Yeah, that the best that chance, part, right? of course, as the fan, had not occurred to me. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, oh. oh it's hard to look at that really, side of things. Right. Really <laughs> Denver's better than we are. That's right. <laughs> right, oh, I forgot. protecting Kate. Oh, yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah, we have blinders on, too. We, we get it, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I think the opinion of the 49ers after that crazy offseason was really really low. Uh, that, that was the rumors around the league is people didn't want to come be, they had a hard time finding coordinators because they thought Tom Sula would be one and done. Right. They didn't want to mm-hmm. take a new job to ha- be looking for another new job a year from now. Well, I think it's also hard when you fire one of the top five coaches in the league or in football. I mean, I actually, I went to Michigan, so I'm still following Harbaugh pretty closely. <laughs> but one of the top five coaches in football, um, and you do it in the way that it was done, then I think it's also hard to get really good coaches to necessarily want to come work for you right away. Yeah, you know, before we let you get out of here, um, we, we mentioned earlier, we, you know, we obviously we played the Jed York clip of hold me accountable and this and that. Uh, from your fan perspective, I mean, how, how do we as fans hold him accountable? I mean, you know, we could tweet to him all day, but, you know, like, as Brian likes to joke a lot, yeah, his intern is going to you know hear a lot uh, about, <laughs> about what people have to say on Twitter. I mean, do, do you have any sort of ideas going forward of how we can let Jed York know, like, hey, we're, we're very unhappy with what's happening here? Okay, it's a do as I say, not as I do kind okay. of thing. But I think the best way you do hold them accountable is you don't buy tickets to the game. I mean, right. I'm a season ticket holder, and I love the 49ers. I've loved the 49ers my entire life, so I'm I'm not giving up my season tickets. So that's why I say do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> that's what he said. But I do think that's it. You don't buy tickets. You don't buy merchandise. You don't buy refreshments at the same. I think that's the only way. But the problem is is that most everybody is probably like me. Um, and isn't willing to do that because then, you know, there's that part of the fan that's like, well, it's not the player's fault. Right. I want to say, but I do think that's the best way because I think the tweeting, all of this fire Jed York stuff, I mean, you're not firing Jed, it, it drives me crazy. Like, if you aren't firing the owner of the team, you can't do that. And the, you can't do right. that. And so I think that's really probably the only way is for people to stop going to games, stop buying merchandise, stop supporting the team in any sort of financial way is probably the best way. When I was at the Seattle game the other night, um, people were booing as the players were going out the field. And I, I hated that because yeah, you hate brutal. to see that in a home. And it, I'm not saying that it wasn't deserved. You just hate to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone had made a comment on Twitter that it would be more, it would be a bigger statement if everybody turned around at the same time, would you, they're back to the field and walked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone that, brought their paper bag. There you go. Yeah, that's a statement. So that that would probably be a better use of time than these sign my fire giant Jed York petitions because it's not going to happen and it's just it's silly. Right, it is a waste of time. You can find her online 49ersfangirl.com, follow her on Twitter at 49ersfangirl, subscribe to her YouTube channel 49ersfangirl. She is 49ersfangirl Tracy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks Tracy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, we've been over Jed York so much yeah. in this show, but I do – I have so many notes about – it's kind of just like this <laughs> long, epic rant. But it's like – it's the ignorance. You know, he's yeah. he's so ignorant and overconfident about it at the same time, and you just see it coming. You just like, what do you – what do you think you're doing right now? Because he doesn't want the team to be unsuccessful. Of course not. He thinks he's he was doing something amazing. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want, want the team to be terrible, but he thought they would actually be better. Do you think he's like, I've been around greatness my whole life. It, That's I must it. be great. Right. It's like he slept at a Holiday Inn Express last night, right? <laughs> That's kind of how he acts. That was good. And that was really good. <laughs> it's crazy. He has to laugh because it's like well, they're making money, dude. That's the other thing. Yeah, so, of course she's they are. boycott it. But even then, the seat licenses are already sold. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be so – you can't get 
fans to not use their tickets. Right. And if they sell them, they're just going to sell them to the fans of the other team. Maybe that's what it takes, is the whole stadium to be full of opposing teams' and, fans. And that's brutal against the players, but at the I same mean, yeah. time, yeah. You know, he got the stadium built to his credit. Mm-hmm. Um, business-wise, the San Francisco 49ers are a booming success, right? Of course. Um, the, the red and gold gear is everywhere. I know the faithful aren't going to stop repping their team, so they're not going to stop buying gear. They're not going to stop wearing it. Right. Um, you know, and they shouldn't have to. No, they shouldn't come to this. As um, as fans, we've been through lean years. You know, we yeah. know what this is like. This isn't something new that we're first experiencing here. It, it, you want to see that change? The thing Mayoko talked about—that big change. Yeah, the fact that they know that they screwed up or that something's wrong, and they have an idea of how to fix it, and they're going to fix it. What could it That's possibly the, be? What could it possibly? I can't imagine. Be? I don't. I don't know. Oh. I just I have no clue. I really don't. If you guys have a clue, let us know at Barry a wink. Tweet me. Tweet Brian yeah. at BD Peacock. You can hit us up on Instagram. It's at Gold Faithful Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Also, phone number, give us a call. Yeah, 415-858-0094. I know we've got we had a couple calls that were very uh expletive laced. If that's if that's a good <laughs> Some way to describe of them it. we definitely can't play. Right. Um but there are some that we can play. Like this one from our our now yeah, he's Weekly loyal. caller. I like it. And one of our great listeners, he hits us up on Twitter as well. This is Big Dog. Can I get a, what's up, Big Dog? 49ers enter the week, eight, 31st in the league with 185 passing yards per game. Last in the league with 14.7 points per game and 26 in the league in total offense. Jed York, you're a punk. You're a punk for allowing this proud wow. franchise to be ran by Coach T. All because you couldn't find a way to coexist with one of the NFL's most polarizing coaching figures in recent memory, Coach Jim Harbaugh. Listen up, you punk, Jed. <laughs> Make a commitment to the gold faithful fan base and fire everyone. Wow. wow. Fire Trent, fire Coach T, fire Mangini, and for God's sakes, fire Chris. These are the words from the masses. Oh, you didn't know? You better call somebody. <laughs> he loves the WWF. Yeah, so. I can tell. Yeah, there's there's some <laughs> hype there. <laughs> hey, hey, Big Dog. Yeah, he's uh, the, show, the show's best friend, I guess. And he went with Punk. He didn't go with anything worse. Yeah, we didn't right. have to beep him out, which is nice. We right. try to have a, a semi-family show. Yeah, if you, but, do, uh, you if know, you do call us if you want to get on the show. Try to keep the f bombs you know out of if it. It's, if it's still really good and profanity laden, I, we could probably play that. Yeah. if it's really good, but it better be awesome. It better, we better really bring it. Yeah, <laughs> thanks I, for the call, Big Dog. That was fantastic. Yeah, the fans I, don't people. Jed York is not popular right now. He's we, not. Is he's that not. a safe way to put it? I don't know. if Firing everybody else is going right. to help. <laughs> not right now, yeah. at least. What well, are you going to do? But off season, yeah. I mean, a, a complete. But you just had a complete overhaul, and how'd that go? Yeah. Yeah. Who you gonna, and Tracy actually brought up a great point is who's going to want to take that job? Right. You're exactly right because, you know, nobody wanted it to begin with. Nobody wanted it because of all the guys retiring, the guys lost in free agency, you know, just how dysfunctional it was in the media, too, with York and Harbaugh. I mean, it wasn't a secret. Yeah. It wasn't behind closed the leaks doors. and stuff. Yeah, it, it yeah. came off. So many leaks. All these leaks in the locker room he now. He talks about I mean, winning with class. That, that nothing happened with class in that whole situation. No, no not at all. That's so bad. It leaves a terrible taste in your mouth. Well, now, you know, Jay Glazier, he's reporting that Kaepernick's on an island in the locker room. I mean, that's just another leak coming out of this team. You know, where I just I don't like what's happening right now. As a fan, it hurts me to have... You know, to turn on some sort of highlight and people giggling or chuckling. I mean, yeah, we do it too. But at the same time, like, it's our team. You know, like, you can make fun of your own team and that's fine. But when other people are doing it, it, it just kind of hurts uh, just that much more. And, you know, just to, to point uh, talk about this Glazier report about him being on an island. I mean, Glazier said his, his confidence is completely shot. It's not that the players don't like him, but he's just alone on an island in the locker room. There's not a lot of people that he connects with. They say he, he eats lunch by himself and, you know, all this and, you know, then they start interviewing people. They're like, that's ridiculous. Tori Smith's like, he's not on an island. Shut up. You know, <laughs> this is dumb. Uh, but also there was a, a confrontation where Vernon Davis, you know, may have may have called out Kaepernick in a meeting and Staley stood up and stood up for, for Kaepernick and called out Davis. Like, dude, you're not even injured. The, the trainer said you can play. What's going on? Yeah, it was interesting because I heard that story without the names involved. Yeah. And then I heard it again with the names. I was surprised to hear that Vernon Davis was, right. was one of those names. I'm not surprised – that Joe Staley stood up for not. Cap at all, but that's his guy, right? Yeah, you're, you're the left tackle. I mean, you you, you protect your your quarterback both 
on the field and off, Staley is the man, you know? I, if I got a, a jersey right now, I might go with a Joe Staley jersey. I, I don't blame you for that one. You don't man. see too many offensive line jerseys. You don't. It's sad. Yeah, they're so, guys. Yeah, they're so, as we know, they're so important. I know, right? Success. Who wouldn't want Mike Iapati back right now, you know? Yeah. Also, real quick, Jeff Dini of Pro Football Focus had a, had a pretty good one talking about passing grades. So when Kaepernick goes left of the numbers, right, does a little scramble, he's plus 2.6 on the season. When he stays in the numbers, negative 0.6. And when he scrambles to his right, he's a right-handed quarterback. But when he goes to the right, he's negative 8.1. All five of his interceptions have come on that right side. That's that's not good. Strange. Yeah. yeah. That's not what you'd think, right? He does throw that ball so well when he runs to the left. It's really weird. That, uh, cr- that across his body, yeah. To, to Bolden against the Ravens. It's Yeah. The, the one thing I could see why the offense might have a little spark or at least look different and, and some things could work better under Gabbert is because Gabbert's good at a lot of the things that Cap's not really that great at. Everything yeah. like 10 yards and shallower, basically. Right. And when you have no offensive line to block you, you got to do quick routes. And yeah. I hate to say it, but yeah, if he struggles through three quarters, I would not be against the pulling of cap, at least for one quarter. You know, just, just, just get a different perspective, watch from the sideline, do something, maybe even get angry. Because you can't keep doing the same thing and expect it to work because it's not. And it's as a coaching staff, something you have to do something. If yeah. you're not going to have a different play caller, it's going to go down to personnel. <sighs> yeah, and I get tired of seeing the same plays, the same, you know, weak play calling, the same predictable play calling over and over. Same with the defense. The same sort of blitz is coming, no pressure. And, oh. Especially when it looked so good and we were so excited about I week know. one. I know. And all the blitzes getting dialed up by Mangini were hitting. And they gave yeah. they gave Teddy Bridgewater fits. And on offense, it was kind of slow going, at the slow burn, you know. And then all of a sudden, boom, they were hitting off big runs. They were making pass plays. It's... Um, it's rough. It is. This is another thing. I, I just thought about this. I want to mention it before we go. So Super Bowl forty seven wasn't that long ago, right? Right. And right now, combined, the Ravens and Niners have three wins. <laughs> and before last week, the Seahawks had only two wins. There was, what, four combined wins with those teams and four Super Bowl appearances over the last three years. And they right. had that many wins combined, all three teams. So It, it just weird. shows you, yeah, it just shows you how, you know, just the, the league, the league itself, It's it's just... Any team can win any year, right? I mean, any team could fall off that quickly, too. And we, we've seen it happen here in San Francisco. Which is why when you have something that works, you can't yeah. screw it up. And he did. And you know who I'm talking about when I say he. Because he is to be held accountable. I realize that that's a lame answer. <laughs> yes, oh, but man. it is the answer. So, right. speaking of lame, Pinion Inside the 20, is our segment the, here on Bradley Pinion. I was I was thinking this might be a funeral for this segment. Yeah. But are we going to... I think we have to keep beating it, okay, right? Okay. I mean, it, it's at this point, it's it's turned into a bashing. <laughs> it, at first, it was a praise. And what, what really blows my mind is, let's just go over his, his average right now, 43.5, 27th in the NFL. His net, 39.9, 20th in the NFL. He's pinned 11 inside the 20. That's good for 11th in the league. That's not too bad. Uh, and he's tied for third uh, third most touchbacks on kickoffs. I mean, I guess that's one bright spot to look at it, although I'd rather see guys bringing it out from the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Special teams coach Tom McGahee, I think Bradley's doing well. He's a rookie. I didn't expect him to come in here and make the Pro Bowl his first year, but he's going through his growing pains. He's doing a good job of coming in and being diligent every day. Yeah, some of the punts we've had, we can't have those punts. He knows that. He understands it. And he's working on that. I think he gets better week after week. I I don't see him doing anything but getting better moving forward. Now, that's just false. If you go back and you look at these shows, his ranking has gone down every single week. He's getting worse and worse. We're seeing more shanks. We're seeing more miskick balls. He's not spiraling that punt, which is what you need to do. It's it's looking ugly. I don't like it. I don't know how... You don't fix it at this point, you, yeah, though, right? I mean, there's got to be a lot of... Do you bring some punters in and see what they can do? There's got to be some guys out there with there some like experience. Is there, like, a coaching situation happening there? How do you get worse from college to the pros? And he's saying he's getting better. Like, what's he looking at? What? Do, <laughs> I don't understand it. Lee, Andy Lee, third in the NFL on average, fifth in net, fifth inside the 20. Maybe, here, maybe it's like the Kaepernick situation. Maybe you got to bench him. There you go. Let, here, how about this? Let Cap kick punts. <laughs> Let Pinion play quarterback for one quarter how it goes. of a blowout game. I like it. It's kind of like when you Pinion's let the, a big guy. You know when you let the outfielder pitch an inning. Yeah, it's one of those situations. <laughs> let, you know, give everybody a chuckle. Yeah, let everybody uh, regroup a little bit. And then see you how get good next Kaepernick time. really is. Yeah, yeah. You see that? <laughs> oh man, yeah. That that segment is is definitely turning into a 
a negative part I, of yeah, the show. I don't like bashing. Uh, I don't either, so many but bashworthy things with the 49ers right now. It's a negative space that we're all in. You know what's going really well right now is the social media. At least ours is. Really want to thank Dre, our social media expert, putting yes. together a great Instagram, uh, really helping us out with that. Uh, shout out right now. All kinds of great stuff. Uh, also had a spirited debate by a few listeners about your prediction last week. Oh, they're really not like this one. I've got I've got them losing by an extra touchdown than yeah, I had them so over let's, last week. Yeah, get get at it. Let's let's hear and about it. I really I, enjoyed it. You always it. say this. Look, that's the the broadcaster in me yeah. predicting it. I'm putting money down on the Niners. I'm thinking they're not going to win this game. I would love for them to win this game. I want the 49ers to be great, as you said earlier. They, we all do. That's why we're here. We're faithful, but at the same time, we're not stupid. <laughs> Big shout out to these are some some people that have really been been uh, been on it when it comes to our our Instagram page. Again, it's at Gold Faithful Podcast uh, Crow with a bunch of underscores in there. Uh, Mike Carasa too. Those bright eyes. JJ Lummer. Am Static, Golden Scarlet, Andy Laird twenty five, Mistad forty nine er, Brandon the Dread, Body by D Bees. Uh, JerseySite.ws, Arkaluk1988. Uh, this one's a little tough to say. It's, it's Mizey Nara, I believe it is. Uh, Joshua Daniel Blessing, Footy.addict, S35 Brand, J West, 13 Evas, Matt V. Glover, Natasha Natasha1980, and my favorite, Love Me Some Me Amy. Nice. That's just a great, great. name. Uh, and Jim Bob Cooter. And of course. We appreciate all the support, and uh, yeah, yeah, this is uh, social media has been a lot of fun. It is fun. It's it's fun when we get feedback. I love when people call and leave us right. voicemails, even if, even it's, if like, it's bad words. Yeah, or a text. Yeah, four one five eight five eight zero zero nine four. Some people just text. Hey, love the show. Yeah, at Bay Area Wink at BD Peacock. Hit us up on Twitter. Let's talk. Let's uh, let's make this more interactive. I loved having Forty Nine ers fangirl Tracy on. That was yeah, that was a lot absolutely. of fun. It was fun to talk to her. And thanks to Danny Kleppinger as well. Always great talking to Danny. So give us a shout out, and we will talk to you next time. See ya.